And, um, you know, along with that, uh, you know, get the, the, the distinct privilege to uh, introduce our speaker tonight, who, of course, needs no introduction. Um, but, you know, since the moment that Pastor Winston walked in these doors, uh, he has been uh, here on purpose, uh, here intentionally. Uh, you, as you know him, you know that um, he doesn't just do things halfway. He doesn't pursue God halfway. Uh, he's not a husband halfway. He's not a father halfway. He's not a teacher halfway. He's not a student halfway. He's not uh, anything that he does halfway. Uh, he's a man who gives everything uh, and over and above. And he's a constant um, example to my life um, in all of those things as one who has gone before, who has been in, in those positions, who's been in the, a pastor position, who's been in a dad position and a husband position uh, a lot longer than I have. And, and uh, it's a blessing, a major blessing to have him wear with us. And I know um, that there's a collective amen on that one. And, uh, and he's also uh, grown to be uh, one of my favorite preachers as well. Um, and I was laughing because whenever I walked near the, the chapel this evening and they're handing out cards and pens, I said, well, if that's not proof that Pastor Winston's speaking, I don't know what is. <laughs> he's always got something going on, and I love it. So uh, let's welcome our, our friend, our brother, and uh, the man of God, God is called tonight to bring us the word, Pastor Winston Trumpet. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, saints of God in the house. Would you give a, a nice, rich, resounding thank you for our worship team, for our worship members? Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Concert quality. Amen? Hallelujah. In God's house tonight. In God's house tonight. Well, um, I, I'm here. I have an assignment. And uh, I, I'm just so honored to stand behind any man of God's pulpit. Um, this is a place of honor and a place of great responsibility, which I take extremely seriously. If God did not put a word in me to bring to you tonight, I would have turned it down and asked Pastor Paul to please find someone that the Holy Spirit is sending instead. Amen. And, and, and <laughs> amen. Because you don't want to hear from me. You should want and do want to hear from the Lord. Amen. Yeah, and, and, I, and I also appreciate Pastor Paul so much. He's poured so much into me, given me favor. And, and you know, he even, I, I just thank him for the three hours he gave me for the sermon tonight. It's just. <laughs> What's it, where, where, where's the love? Where's the love? Where's the love? This is Valentine's Day. Love. Throw the love up here, you know? And, and being that it's Valentine's Day, of course, uh, the topic, love, comes to mind automatically. As easily as resurrection is preached at Easter and the birth of Christ at Christmas, love on Valentine's Day. Amen? Yeah, and, and, and as I think about love, I... I, 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 I do flashbacks back to my my days uh, coming up on the great love songs sung by the Chai Lights and the Delphonics and the Temptations, Earth, Wind, and Fire, uh, Barry White. Uh, yeah, yeah, some, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so th th this is my introduction to love through love songs, and uh, still when they play in my heart today, it does give me that good feeling of what love supposed to be like, right? That's how I got my Mac on and game <laughs> from <laughs> love songs. I got saved from something. Come on. So, 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 with, with, with this in mind, as I start to, okay, um, it's got to be love. It's got to be love. And, and as I look at love and, and the, the essence of love, that we all have experienced love in different aspects of our lives and in different areas. And we've got love for people and we've got love for places in our life and we've got love for things in our life. All of us do at different levels. And uh, here in, 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 our, uh, in our country, in our society, we say we love. We, we love our car, we love our home, we love our job, we love our kids, we love, we, we use the word love, but the Greek for the word love has at least three different levels of love. Uh, one level, eros, meaning it's an erotic kind of love just physicality involved. And then you've got the other kind of love called phileo, where we get the word Philadelphia that means the brotherly love. And then we've got the agape, which is the unconditional love that only God really has that. Because no matter what, I don't care how saved you are, your love has conditions on it because of your humanity and because you want things, your needs to be met in order for you to return the love. And if you don't, I take my love back. You can tell that by the divorce rates. They don't love you anymore. Thank God, though, that out of all the loves that I have experienced in my life, and I'm sure the loves that you have experienced in your life, it wasn't until I ran into the love of God to let me know what love really looked like. Uh, the unconditional love because of the condition of my mind, the condition of my soul, the condition of my spirit. Who would want me? God said, I do. Come, come. And I walked through these doors almost 20 years ago. I graduated this program in the year 2000. I was a student from 1999 to then. And God called me. I heard him. And uh, I stayed in the ministry and struggled around 2017 and came back and got a tune-up. I stayed here because I know this is where I actually belong. He brought me full circle back around. And as I think about love, and I want to preach about love, and I want to tell you about love, and I want you to know more about love, but that's not the word that God gave me today. It's funny how he doesn't just get on board with my messing up everything for everybody. The, 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 see, see, the essence of it is, is that we're at war. Even on Valentine's Day, there is a war going on, and it's a battle. And, and our love, even though we know it comes from our heart, it is very closely associated with our mind, and our mind is a battlefield, yes? Yeah, and, and being a battlefield, that means that there is going to be an enemy to address. And so today, tonight, this evening, I would like to uh, prepare you to win your battle against one of the enemies of your love that attacks you in your mind. Uh, yeah, this enemy devastates your love. It distracts you from your love. It is determined to destroy every ounce of love you are capable of feeling. And with that in mind, we must do something about it. We must get on the offense. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we must get on the offense for this. And I want to talk about this enemy. And even though you love the Lord, if you are going to be very honest tonight, 
you must say, and when I tell you this enemy, that this enemy has gotten a hold of you. He's gotten a hold of you, Pastor Paul, you, Pastor Will, me, where's Lady Mary, the anointed singer of the, of, of the Holy Scriptural praise. Yes, he's gotten a hold of her. And every single one of you, I look into your eye and say, he got you. Got you. He got you. Some for a moment today, some all day. Some of you have been under the attack of this enemy of your mind for decades. His name is worry. His name is worry. W-O-R-R-Y. Yeah. See, we're a worrisome society. We have a lot of stuff, and so we have a lot of stuff to worry about. We're worried about just about everything. You name it, you have something to worry about. You got to worry about your money being funny. Running out of money before, you know, running out of month before, running out of money before you run out of month, something like that. Just broke. Can I just say that? Just <laughs> being broke. <laughs> Ends don't meet. They too far apart, right? We, we worry about things like our job security. Yes, right? D d d you know, we can lose our jobs. We worry, oh, in our relationships. We are so worried about health. We're worried about crime rates. We're worried about, see, worry is described in a number of ways. Worry is when we give way to anxiety or unease, we allow the mind to dwell on difficulty or troubles. The dictionary definition of worry is a state of anxiety and uncertainty over actual or potential problems. Now, it comes to my mind, like, what's wrong with worry? Isn't it right to worry about stuff because stuff is there to worry about? Shouldn't we be concerned about having money to pay the bills, put food on the table, gas in the car, etc.? Isn't that something to seek to find an answer about? And when we can't, does, isn't worry the go-to emotion? And I say, no, uh, no, it's not. Worry is of the, and it's not, it's not, it's not. Because you see, the, the, the thing is that what's wrong with worry is that worry has the potential to be problematic to our psychological and physiological well-being. Say that three times real fast. <laughs> it has the potential to have a devastating impact on our psychological as well as our physiological well-being. Worry is dangerous. It is dangerous, and it has infiltrated into the minds of the Christian. And it is determined to deter you from fulfilling your purpose. But the devil is a liar. Amen. But I'm not lying about your worry. See, worry can weaken your immune system, cause high blood pressure, upset your stomach with ulcers and acid reflux, increase heart attack risk, cause cardiovascular problems, increase blood sugar levels, cause irritable bowel syndrome, oh my God, headaches, migraines, sleep 
problems, chronic fatigue, respiratory, skin conditions, the list goes on. Brothers and sisters, I had to stop because I started to worry about <laughs> ulcers and headaches and pain. Oh my. <laughs> Maybe we won't preach this, Lord. <laughs> you see, worry takes up residence in our thought life. And it brings its family of diabolical, destructive sidekicks like doubt, discouragement, discontent, disappointment, despair, defeat, and fear. You know, false evidence appearing real. And it starts to enter into our mind as a thought, but then it infiltrates and starts to emotionalize itself through our psychology into our emotionality. It's the process of things, and we are responsible to stop the process. We are responsible, say, I am responsible, responsible to stop, to stop the, process. the process. Yes, you see, fear working together with worry to make you helpless and hopeless. Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this. If you have a card, I want you to take some time now and take that card and a pen. If you don't have one, hold up your hand and one of the usher guys will get you one. And I want you to write down as we go through every single thing that you're worried about. It's not a test. Just tell the truth. It's for you. Every single thing that you are worried about. Amen. As I continue. See, Paul, when he had screamed this out, um, I think somewhere near the bottom of uh, Romans chapter 7, he had screamed this out after looking at the inconsistencies in his life. He felt that even though he had the mind of Christ and the spirit of God and loved the word and loved the Lord, that he found the inconsistencies in the members of his body doing the opposite. He reached this point of desperation. He was worried about his spiritual inconsistencies and feared for his eternity. And he cries out in defeat. He realizes, though, that his deliverance is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus encourages us in Matthew 6, chapter 25 to 34. You don't have to turn, turn there. May I almost say, you can't turn there. <laughs> I have to remember to line myself back up with my English <laughs> diction and I and I go into my Trini talk then see here I go again. Okay, let's let's keep moving. All right. So the 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 verse is therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. What you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? This is Jesus now. Amen. The word says what? Do not. That means you have control. If God says do not do something, he also means that you have the power to obey. Because he's not setting you up for failure. Yes? Yes. Okay. L he says look at the birds. They don't sow or reap, gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Yes. I think so. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If I could, I'd be six foot four. I would worry myself to height and guilt and everything. I'd worry myself right there. 
So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, but they don't toil or spin. And yet I say that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? See, faith is not invisible. Faith is evidence. Hope is invisible. And when you have an invisible hope, you add a visible faith to it because faith is the action you take based on what you believe. If you believe that what you hope for is going to come to pass, the action you take declares the faith that you have in that hope. And if you believe that God's word is true and he says, do not worry, and he points out to you that you can look around at the physicalities and the environmental aspects of things around you and just see his hand in that and how they're not worried, then it's, he's trying to make it make sense enough for us to take action on that. Amen? Anybody worried about what I'm going to say next? Verse 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And I think that one of the aspects of worry for me personally in my life is that I seek me first the paycheck of the government. Or I seek me first the, the, the love of my wife. Or I seek me first the, 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 the sale at the store. I seek... And, and, I'm tr and I get worried because my resources are limited. But God said, if I seek the kingdom first, nothing to worry about. It, like, yeah, nothing to worry about. If you seek the kingdom first, I'll add all these things unto you. Is God a man that he should lie or the son of man that he should repent? No, I don't think so. See, Paul in his teaching, he's taking this teaching from, uh, from, from here in Matthew. He's taking this teaching uh, to the church at Philippi and lays down a step-by-step -step process to take captive your worrisome thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. In other words, I'm going to preach to you how to don't worry, praise God, and be happy. Or in other words, how to have a holy hakuna matata. As you turn your Bibles to the text, at Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to spend a little time expounding on verses 6 to 8 for a while, if you would just uh, bear with me as I do this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 8, and it, this is an amazing text for me because it is the text I stand on every day, and I'll tell you why, and you'll understand why once I explain uh, what I have it. it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, I, I, that's my go-to verse, but I um, memorize it and put it into my spirit from the New Living Translation of this verse that says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Ask God for what you want. 
and thank him for what he's already done. If you do this, he will give you a peace that surpasses human comprehension, and he will guard your heart and your mind. Step one, don't worry about anything. Decide, because see, when, when you are given a direction, it is now up to you to decide whether to follow it. The power is now yours. He says, don't worry about anything. Decide, make up your mind, and determine, I am not going to let worry take residence in my mind. If he stays there, he's going to have to pay rent. Because I've got a lot of space in my mind. So if he's going to be there, he's going to have to pay top dollar to stay. I decide not to worry about money. I decide not to worry about job security. I decide not to worry about my relationships. I decide not to worry about my health. I decide not to worry about my past. I decide not to worry about my present. I decide not to worry about my future. Why? Because God said I could. Period. End of story. No, nope, Matt might come in here and kill me. I, I mean, not even play with that. Okay. <laughs> he says, don't worry about everything. And, and, and that's cool, right? That sound real good, right? Don't worry about anything. But that to me is almost like the Nancy Reagan message back in the day about just say no. <laughs> All right. That worked out pretty well for me. <laughs> 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 I, I, I needed something a little bit more than that. I'm like much too rooted on the ground for something so spiritually high to work for me. Don't worry about anything. All right, come on. There's got to be more to it than that. And so God, in all of his wisdom, made the next sentence. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, as an alternative to worrying, he says, instead, pray about everything. Hallelujah. In, in other words, involve God in the process. Because you see, when we're talking about prayer, uh, our Christian view of prayer can be stated simply as communication with God. So if the scripture was to say, instead communicate with God about everything. See, a question I ponder here is when are we in communication with God? And the short answer is always. You see, because our lips don't have to move for God to read us. You dig what I'm saying? As human beings, we check each other out and we're hearing what you're saying while your mouth ain't even moving. I'm looking at your stature, how you move. I'm looking at the different uh, messages you're sending across your face, your smirks, your smiles, your winks, your blinks, and all those other things. And I'm taking those into consideration. I am reading you. I'm getting a message from you. We have both, um, what's the word that I want to use? We have both not intentional and unintentional. Intentional. I'm thinking a word. Come on, word. Um, yeah, we have both verbal and nonverbal communication. Amen. You don't have to say something for me to know. You can nonverbally, and I can read you. Yes. 
Yes, 100%. And if we can do that with our limited sensories, how much more so God who knows the heart and mind, future, past, and present, how much more so are we not always in communication with him? So I don't think the problem is that he's saying stop and get into this position and make sure that you're like this and pray about everything. No, I think he wants you to be aware that you're in communication with God and are you aware of what you're communicating? Are you thinking about what you're thinking about? Hmm. It's, it's about to get good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Verbal now. So this, this direction from God through Paul to the church at Philippi to us is not just to pray about everything, but to pray intentionally versus unintentionally. Because you're saying something whether you're saying something or not. He says to get intentional. What, 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 where does the intentionality come in? He says to intentionally eliminate and eradicate worry. Number one, ask God for what you want. Ask God for what you want. That's to ask God for what you want. Jesus on the lifeline, tell him what you want. <laughs> It's in the it's in the script. It's just yeah. He, he tell him what you want, amen. And 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 the reason why he puts it there, ask God for what you want. That's what supplication is, aka petitioning, is the action of asking, imploring, or begging for something with earnestness and humility. Not generally, but specifically. Not with the spirit of entitlement, but humility. Not lackadaisical, but intentionally. Like I said, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Lord, I need $4,328.56. And when you get a check for 4000 what did I say? Yeah, that number. <laughs> You will have no other choice to know that God answered that prayer because you were very specific and you got a very specific response. Amen. See, a lot of times we don't get something from God because we ask generally, Lord, I want a give me some. I want a job. I don't want a job. I, I don't want just any job you give me when you get in. This ain't the job I want. No, you, that, you was not specific. I don't go into the shirt and say, hey, give me a shirt. I didn't walk into the club and say, hey, give me a woman. <laughs> I was very specific about what I want. I petitioned, I begged. Yeah. Ask him specifically for what you want because he's that kind of God. And he already knows what you want. Why try to cover it up in some, you know, something you think he'll accept and do? What he's asking you for is honesty. It's not even the specificity of your request. It's the place that it comes from that he wants you to be honest with him. Hmm. Ask him for what you want and thank him for what he's already done. Amen? 
Yeah, ask him for, he's already done. With thanksgiving, in other words, take a minute to remember. Take a minute. Remember the trouble, the situation, the circumstance that you was in before. Remember the old doubt, the old despair. Remember your but God revolution. Uh, I remember when the rent was due and my child was sick and I lost my job and my health was failing and my heart was broken and my friends forsake me and my mind was desperate and my life was unmanageable, but God, hallelujah, but God, hallelujah. And all of, any, all of you got your problems and your worries written on, on one side of your card right there, flip it over and write, but God, on the other side. Uh, if this was Pentecostal place, I would have got a Hallelujah. <laughs> huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, on the flip side of your worry is but God. And I want you to take that home and remember this, right? On the flip side of your worry is a but God minute. And if you look back over your life and start to remember, you will see that and be able to say the same God that got the rent paid the last time, the same God that brought my health back up, the same God that delivered me from that, the same God that protected me then, the same God, he's the same God today, he's the same God now, he'll be the same God tomorrow, and he's consistent, and he's faithful, so what have I got to worry about? What have I got to worry about? But God, hallelujah. But God is the moment that we're talking about. But God showed up. But God showed out. While I was trying to figure it out, God had already worked it. Oh, y'all ain't going to shout back. He had already worked it out. He'd, I was trying to figure it out. He had already worked it out. You see, I'm stuck here in time, which goes minute by minute, second by second, hour by hour. My God is eternal. He's Shama. He's everywhere, all the time, all the time. What I am trying to get an answer to, he's already answered. He knew the end from the beginning, according to my scripture. Amen? I'm just catching up with the blessing. Yeah, the, the, the key is to keep on moving. Uh, trust in God. You know what? This right here, right now, God got that. I just got to move up into where he is because I'm trapped back here in time. He did it in eternity, so I've got to keep on moving. I've got to keep on moving and leave the worry where worry belongs, which is behind me with the devil. Get the yeah, 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 yeah. You don't cast it out to dry places and stuff like that because it won't work because it's not his time yet. Yeah. Jesus didn't even do that, right? But he says, I'm heading this way. You're in my way. Get thee behind me. Oh, God, hallelujah. God is a way maker. <laughs> He's a chain breaker. He's a miracle working God. He's a sea divider deliverer. God is a giant slaying, enemy devouring, water from the rock, manna from the sky. He be making, he that God, y'all. He that God. Everything thus far that the enemy designed to steal my joy and kill my dreams and destroy my future would have worked. But God, but God, but God. 
Hallelujah. Do you see what happened? We've went through a process. Something has changed. But God, because of but God, I can say I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts will praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad because I don't have to worry about nothing. Amen. Amen. Holy Hakuna Matata. <laughs> Holy Hakuna Matata. It's our problem-free philosophy, hakuna matata. It means no worries for the rest of your days. It's your problem-free philosophy, hey, hakuna matata. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Problem solved. Free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, 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 let's review the process as, as I come into a close. So what happens is worry comes. It ain't your fault. He comes. That's his job. He on his job. Worry's job is to come. He comes and you start to worry about your past, your present, or your future. Amen. Step two, decide not to worry but intentionally pray. Ask God for what you want and be specific. Thank God for what he's already done. And at this point, you have stopped worrying. You've stopped worrying. Because you see, your focus is now on God and what he can do, not on you and what you can't. Problem-free philosophy. You see, when you look, tell God what you want, and you don't have it, you are claiming by faith that he does. And when you look back and see what he's already done, you're looking at the faithfulness that got you thus far, and worry has no place in that equation. It's in the book. The process is there. Some of us might have read it, but we haven't taken the time to inductively study it so that we can have observation, interpretation, and then lead to the application that gets us the results that God wants us to have. He gives you a peace. Feel it? People can't even understand it. This is our testimony. When we're in a worrisome situation, the people who you claim to be a Christian around, they're looking at you. And they want to see how you handle with your old spiritual self. <laughs> this reality-based situation that they are losing their mind over. And when they see that you have a peace, a sense of neverthelessness, they know that if it were them, they would be losing their mind, contemplating suicide. But here you stand in an incomprehensible peace. They want to know your secret. They want to get their hands on your holy tranquilizer. They want to know. <laughs> they want to know who your holy hookup is. And you testify that he guards my heart and my mind. He guards my heart and my mind. You see, you've already came through the mental process where you were worried. And now that you came to the place where you have this incomprehensible peace, 
He guards it. He guards your heart, your seat of emotions, and he guards your mind, the seat of your thoughts. That's his promise. It's in the word. That's what it says. Because, you see, this is what happens. You see, I've elaborated on the process of moving from worry to peace of mind. But in closing, I want to show you how to be happy. How do you maintain your peace? Because worry is still prowling, looking for an opportunity to reintroduce itself into the situation, waiting and slowly, patiently attempting to infiltrate your mind in order to steal your peace, kill your joy, and destroy your hope. But you have weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. And you, with them, you will pull down strongholds, demolish, uh, um, demolish what? Arguments. Where do arguments? Demolish arguments. Hallelujah. And you will take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Hallelujah. Make your thoughts obedient to Christ. Tell yourself, be happy. No, tell yourself. Don't tell me. Be, be. I shouldn't even hear nothing. Y'all so disobedient. <laughs> be happy by meditating. Now, now listen to what he says. He says, this is how you maintain. I'm going to do my part, but it's your mind. And so we go to verse 8 really quick, and look at what he says here in verse 8. He says, where am I? Oh, here I am. Okay, in, in verse 8, he says, finally, brethren, after all that, a few more steps to keep it now. This is maintenance mode. You with me? Okay, he, sa he says you have to do this intentionally. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, anything true, anything praiseworthy, meditate, intentionally focus on these things. Can you find these things that are all the things that I just said to think about? Sure, we can come up with a long list of people, places, or things that have these characteristics, yes? But none of them will last, for they are temporal. They, you can start worrying about them too. And they'll fail when you need them the most. But I guarantee you, that if you fix your thoughts on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. Because you see, Jesus, hallelujah, Jesus is noble. Jesus is true. Jesus is just. Jesus is pure. Jesus is lovely. Jesus is of a good report. Jesus has virtue. Jesus is praiseworthy. One-stop shopping, like Amazon.com. Everything right there. It's all in him. Amen? Amen. Pastor Will. Oh, it's, it's all there in him. Right? Yeah, I know. It seems like such a simple solution to some <laughs> devastatingly worrisome problems. But I dare you to activate it. I dare you to, to activate and come back and call me a liar. I guarantee you that Jesus will not fail to have his word come true because he said, through God said that he would never send his word forth and let it come back to him void. That's why I can declare it with authority. I can declare it with confidence that, yes, God will. Yes, God will. Yes, God will. He will never leave me nor forsake me. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. 
Uh, I am heirs with the Prince of Peace. He is the Lamb of God. He is the Lion of Judah. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is my wonderful counselor, my mighty God, everlasting Father. It is he who was and is to come. He promised to stay with me. He promised to never forsake me. And to top this all off in verse 9, I leave you with this thought. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things do. And I guarantee you that the God of peace will be with you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. No worries for the rest of my days. Problem-free philosophy. Hallelujah. Don't worry. Praise God. Be happy. Repeat. Don't worry. Praise God. Be happy. Repeat. Don't worry. Praise God. Be happy. Repeat. Don't worry. Praise God. Be happy. Repeat.